What's up, everyone? Welcome into another week of Locked On Bucks and the NBA Finals are set. Uh, sadly, no Milwaukee Bucks involved this time, but I was watching and I was curious about these conference final MVP awards that they've got. Uh, do we even need this? Who would have won it last year? And should they retroactively give these MVP awards? So we'll take a look back at last year. Then I uh, certainly can be accused of being guilty of overlooking the greatness that is Giannis from time to time because he does it every single night. We uh, almost normalize how great this man is, but he was named first team All-NBA again. So we're going to take a look at some of the historical numbers for Giannis as it continues to stack up. And what about the draft? Pick 24, uh, the history of pick 24. There's some decent players there, but recent Bucks draft history tells you they're not going to pick one of them. So I'm going to take a look at what the Bucks have done in the draft in recent years and why it's hurt them. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find uh, my other work over at ESPN. Riding solo to start the week tonight. Frank is still uh, still away. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. Justin, I believe Justin was at a wrestling event tonight, so that's why uh, he's not here. And of course, uh, Camille, uh, we uh, we are wishing her well. Uh, she was a little bit ill towards the end of last week as well, but that's fine because there's plenty to discuss today. And as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, your first watch of every day. Uh, particularly in the off-season, that's when we love you guys jumping on board because really you guys give us the content. You tell me what you want to talk about it, we do it uh, and have some fun along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, if you are a betting man, I, I do a, a radio segment over here. Or I did a radio segment over here uh, prior to the start of the conference finals, sort of debriefed what happened with the Bucks, as we all know. Uh, and I made my predictions for the conference finals and I feel pretty good about it because I said the Warriors would win in six. So I was actually wrong there. I, I thought the Warriors would win in six. I thought Dallas would get another game. Uh, they didn't. Uh, Warriors won that in five. So I was one game off. That's fine. That's forgivable. Uh, in the other series, I said, I think Boston's going to win in seven, but they're guaranteed to lose game one. I thought the schedule stuff uh, was going to work against them. And that ended up being the case. So Golden State, Boston in the finals. I wouldn't say, again, I'm overly enthused or enthralled uh, by what uh, is to come. I- I'm glad the Warriors are there. I think that they're the most entertaining team. But I mentioned this last week, and you know, certainly... Uh, there was uh, some accusations from Celtics fans that it was sour grapes, but I just—I mean, this conference finals was just brutal to watch. I just didn't find it entertaining. You got an all-time grift off between Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart. I just—I didn't find it very entertaining at all. I think the Warriors are a better team than Boston. If I had to have a prediction, of course I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times before. If I had to have a prediction, I think the Warriors win this six games max. Uh, Boston, great defensive team, but I think Golden State, with the offensive firepower that they've got, 
I think uh, they will go and get the job done here. And uh, a couple of Milwaukee boys in that uh, Golden State team as well. So I know a lot of our fans that are based in Wisconsin uh, may uh, want to see Kevon Looney and uh, and do well. Who's the other? Who's the other Milwaukee guy? I forgot. Jordan Poole, is it? So anyway, the point is there's some local guys there. I think the Warriors will win. We'll see what happens. But they gave out the Conference Finals MVP, and I thought this was, you know, interesting. Uh, we know they announced this uh, a few weeks before the playoffs started. I don't know whether we need a Conference Finals MVP. Do people even care about it? Is anyone going to remember that Jason Tatum was the Conference Finals MVP? And by the way, shout out to my man, Timmy Bontemps, who actually voted uh, Jimmy Butler for the Conference Finals MVP, despite the fact Miami lost. Uh, It's been interesting because Tatum won it. He had some stinking games in this series. He had some okay games. Butler obviously had some stinking games in his playoffs, but he also had a couple of miraculous performances, uh, brilliant performances. So I don't know. It it felt to me like the Heat needed Jimmy Butler a lot more. Offensively, they struggled. So I probably, they were never going to do it. In the first time they're giving out conference finals, giving it to a guy and a team that lost. But uh, yeah, I I easily could have seen uh, Jimmy Butler taking that award, even though, again, he was pretty inconsistent throughout. I just don't think that there was a clear-cut star. But if we go back to last year's, and I don't think that they're giving out these awards retroactively. I don't even necessarily think that they should. Uh, But just going back and looking at it, uh, trigger warning for those that aren't a fan of Chris Milton, but he would have been the conference finals MVP. I've got absolutely no doubt about it averaged over 23 points per game across the series we know uh Giannis only played uh three and a half games not even just under three and a half games in this series before he went down with that knee injury uh, he was still averaging 26 and 10 by the way despite the fact he only played less than half of a game in this playoff series so that tells you what we already knew Giannis was clearly the best player in this series but just based on what happened after that I think that it has to go to Chris Milton game three uh, when Giannis was playing, admittedly, Middleton, 38 points, 11 rebounds. And if you'll remember, just went absolutely berserk in the third quarter. And this game was on the knife's edge. The Bucks dropped game one, surprisingly, bounced back in game two, needed to win this game three. But it wasn't looking, I mean, it was looking kind of sketchy there. Then Chris Middleton completely took over and, and the Bucks won that game. So 38 and 11 in game three. And then when Giannis went down in game five, he had 26, 13 and eight. And then in game six, the closeout game had 32 points and seven assists there as well. So Chris Milton would have been the guy that won the conference finals MVP, the Larry Bird Award, Chris Milton. Uh, Again, I don't think they're going back and retroactively giving out these awards, but it's fair to say that he would have been the guy uh, that won that there, Uh, which is interesting. Obviously, if you didn't remember what happened in that series, you might look back in that and say, Chris Milton, how did he win this award when Giannis was on the floor? But uh, given the circumstances, obviously Milton, Brooke Lopez was big, Drew Holiday was big. Those guys uh, were able to lift the box without Giannis in the conference finals, as we all remember. So anyway, does anyone care about the conference finals award MVP? I don't know. You let me know. You let me know how you feel about that. But uh, speaking of a, a real MVP, the one that has MVP trophies in his cabinet, that's Giannis. I'm going to talk about him And the greatness of him uh, that, as I said, I can be guilty of overlooking from time to time. But first, I'll talk about our friends at Bet Online, our partners that continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments. 
including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And if you jump on there right now, uh, you can find odds for next year's so 22-23 NBA championship. The Bucks are on the fourth line, I believe, there. And you can also get, obviously, this year's NBA finals. The Celtics uh, go in the underdogs against the Warriors. The Warriors uh, will have home court, and they'll go in favorites for that series. So just remember, that's betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we kind of glossed over this last week and you know i feel bad about the fact that we did gloss over it and it wouldn't be the first time that you could accuse us and accuse me of looking over some ridiculous achievement that Giannis has had over the course of his career uh first team all nba first team all defense as well uh that was the week before that that was announced but he was unanimous 100 out of 100 votes for the first team all nba and i i do think the reason why you know, certainly me, why I'm, you know, guilty. And Frank, we do the same thing when we do the post-game pods. Uh, sometimes we get to 20 minutes in and then we start talking about what Giannis has done because there is just an expectation. This guy is an all-time talent, a historic great of the game. And so when he's putting up 30 and 10 on a bad night, uh, sometimes we do look at the other players and say, okay, what's more interesting? These guys that maybe aren't as consistent and then you start looking for different different ways. And we saw this in the postseason. I mean, Giannis averaged 35 points, 12 rebounds against the Celtics. Uh, it wasn't enough. He didn't have enough help. So that's why we start to get caught up with the other stuff. But first player ever to be first team All-NBA uh, unanimous four years straight, uh, which is quite incredible. And, you know, we all knew that he was going to be first team All-NBA. There's no doubt about it. But just... When you think about the four seasons he's had since Mike Budenholzer came to town, and he's so good that he probably would have taken the step anyway. But the fact that it's coincided with this incredible run for the Bucks, obviously getting out of the first round four years straight, they hadn't done that in in twenty years thereabouts. They've done it once in thirty years. But he's now twenty seven, as we know. He'll turn twenty eight early next season, which is in December. That is, which is hard to think about the fact that Giannis is slowly approaching 30. Uh, he feels like he's just going to be that 25-year-old forever, but sadly, no, that's not going to be the case. He's a six-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defensive Player, two-time MVP, most improved player, defensive player of the year. Keep going down the list. Obviously, finals MVP as well. Uh, the thing that stands out to me when you're talking about the greatness of Giannis, and we saw it in that series, and I know that they didn't win, but the three that he hit in game five on the road, blood coming down his face, the knockdown three, every single time when you think that he's got literally nothing left in the tank and somehow he continues to carry this team. I think the Athletic, when they did the NBA 75, and as we all know, Giannis could retire right now and he's a Hall of Famer, a great of the game. I think the Athletic, when they did the rankings of the NBA 75, don't quote me on this, but I believe Giannis was around the 23 mark or something like that. I think it was around there. But anyway, 
just the idea that at 27, arguably just entering his prime, or certainly at the at the start of his prime, when you think of physical development, all those types of things that generally happen with athletes, particularly now where athletes are actually playing for longer. I've certainly been someone that's always said, and I've said it on this podcast a lot, that just the physicality that Giannis plays with is concerning to me a little just for longevity, just because of what he puts his body through. But uh, having said that, the preparation, uh, the way he maintains himself, he's going to hold him in in pretty good stead for sure. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but to already be a top 25 player just as you're entering your prime, that's why all these discussions about you know guys like Tatum and you know even Jimmy Butler after he had the, the 46-point game, like those guys are top fifteen players. Like right now, I've I've got no doubt about that. Like that's fine. Like I'm happy for them to be in the discussion. But when you're talking about the best player in the world right now, I think that there's only one answer. Because when you look at the guys that are out there, Giannis is on the path to be top five all time. And if he continues on this trajectory and continues to pick up all these awards, then whatever. Then you can you can relitigate the discussion if you want to down the track. But the fact of the matter is. He's on the path that really basically only Jordan has been on. When you look at the individual stuff, uh, every time Giannis does something ridiculous, the only comparison most of the time is Jordan. So that's why I I think the discussion needs to be separated between current day stars and then you're talking all-time greats. And when you talk about the all-time greats that are still playing, LeBron, obviously one of them. I think Steph has to be in that category. I do think Kevin Durant is in that category, despite the fact that for whatever reason, you know, he gets discredited for different things. But Giannis is in the the elite, the elite, the elite category. He's not normal. He's not a normal superstar. Uh, he's not like those other guys. And even if you just look at the franchise leaders list, and we've gone through this a little bit because we know that obviously he passed Kareem and now he's the number one uh, scorer, all-time scorer for the franchise. But he's already in franchise totals. And again, I know that part of this is just because of there hasn't been a lot of superstars that have hung around in Milwaukee. So I understand that, whatever. People can discredit whatever they want to discredit. But right now, he's number one for blocks and points. He's number two for rebounds and assists, but he'll pass them next season health pending. So then he would be the number one franchise leader in blocks, points, rebounds, and assists. He's about 280 steals behind Paul Pressey right now. Uh, which going by Giannis, that is that is uh, yeah, probably three seasons, maybe four. But I, I don't know if there's another player that does this. It, it, it seems impossible to me. I, I don't think there would be. Someone will be able to correct me. But it seems within the next three, four seasons, uh, Giannis is going to lead the Bucks all time in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, uh, which which obviously is is absolutely it's absurd. And for a team and for a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs a lot uh, yeah, from the 90s through the 2000s there and certainly haven't had a lot of playoff success, uh, this is a man that now over 76 playoff games is averaging 26.8 points, 12 rebounds and five assists, which puts him right up with the elite, elite category in terms of postseason production, which is crazy to believe or crazy to think about when you think about where it started. In, the, in that season where they played the Bulls and he was – very much a young, skinny, developing player. And we're going to talk a bit more about that playoff team here in a second. 
but I just think when you look at the the overall totals, the averages, everything that he's done, the historical context that we're putting it in, when you consider the low base from where he started his rookie season, his second season, it just would have been impossible to believe that he could have got to this level. And the resume is right there uh, for this guy to continue to be in the discussion for, uh, yeah, the discussion when it comes to the greatest to ever play the game. So, uh, I know there's a lot of frustration that the Bucks weren't able to win another title, but this man is the sole reason why I, I have no concerns that this Bucks team is going to continue for the foreseeable future. They've obviously got some difficult decisions to make uh, when it comes to the roster, and they're going to have to retool things. They're going to have to rejig things. But as long as this guy is in Milwaukee, uh, they're going to be contending in the Eastern Conference uh, because he's different. He is that LeBron-level player where as long as you have him on your team, you know that you're going to be contending. So another All-NBA selection for Giannis. Uh, As I said, just kind of glossed over it last week. It's like, yeah, of course Giannis had another All-NBA selection. But I just thought, again, uh, as we do uh, pretty regularly here, just a reminder for myself and for everyone, uh, getting to watch this guy play on a nightly basis is just an absolute treat and certainly not something that we should ever gloss over. So uh, Giannis just continues to be great. I want to talk about the draft here in just a second because, uh, you know, the Bucks. when you talk about difficult roster positions they find themselves in, unfortunately, they could have avoided some of that by doing some better drafting. But we're going to get into that in just a second. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Uh, it's fitting. We're about to talk about the draft here. And uh, the Bucks will have a selection 24. Of course, there are some options for what they could do with that pick 24. Uh, but they don't have a lot of, or they haven't had a lot of success with rookies here. But if you want to find out more about uh, what the Bucks should do, then listen to the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. You'll hear some of the prospect names that are in the mix for that selection for Milwaukee there. And it's interesting, you know, one of the more in-depth conversations or one of the more uh, popular conversations that we're having on this show from the listeners who want to know what the hell is going to go on with this roster is based around what the Bucks should do with this pick 24. Because again, Milwaukee find themselves in the position and all contenders find themselves in this position if they haven't been able to build a roster organically through the draft that eventually you put yourself in financial situations where luxury tax is a huge concern. A lack of assets is a huge concern. And and if you go back and look at the draft history of the Milwaukee Bucks, and we've done this before, but just that when you look at and you go back and, and the reminder of the guys that they've had, it hurts. It really does hurt. And, and it's cost them potentially uh, being in a in a more uh, easy situation, a more comfortable situation when it comes to roster management moving forward, uh, it is fair to say that the Bucks have an aging roster. When we've discussed Brook Lopez, certainly I've discussed Brook Lopez at length. Uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, starting to hit their early thirties here as well. Now it's not to say that particularly with Drew and Chris that they're near the end or anything like that. I think they've still got multiple multiple seasons here. But just because of the high salary that they have, how you fill out a roster, the costs involved with that, geez, it would be nice if the Bucks over the last few years were able to use a first-round draft pick to get a contributor, and they just haven't. So if we go all the way back, and, and I've said this before, I'm a big sports karma man. So to me, you know, if you 
<laughs> if you have pick 15 and all the different things that happened and teams that, of course, retrospectively go back and say, yes, we were, we wanted Giannis. We were going to take him. We had these arguments about Giannis. I never really buy any of those stories. But uh, what I will say is that for the Bucks to get a player like Giannis, an all-timer, as we just discussed, with pick 15, I think there is some sports karma there that tells you uh, that you can't get lucky like that <laughs> again with those you know, mid to late first round selections, which is where the Bucks have been uh, perennially. So Giannis at pick 15, and I'm only going to go through the, the first round draft picks here, but Giannis at pick 15 in 2013. Tick. I'll give that one a tick, boys. Yep, well done. Uh, but the year after was the year, and if you talk about the Bucks and, and what they were able to do as a franchise and you compare it to some other teams now that are starting to stock up on those early draft picks, uh, even a team, well, Golden State. This, so Golden State is the prime example. You get Steph Curry, you get Clay Thompson, you get Draymond Green, uh, even contributors now that are playing, Jordan Poole, Kevon Looney, go down the list. That's how you build a contender that can last for eight years with the same core. Now, of course, that's rare. That doesn't happen very often, but that's the dream scenario. Even a team now that who knows if they ever become a contender, I'm not really sure what they're trying to do, but Oklahoma City with all these young players that they've got, Gildas Alexander, Giddy's there, number of guys that they have, and they've got another top pick in this year's draft. Multiple picks near the top end of the draft does give you a better shot at it. Unfortunately for the Bucks, they had one shot. They had one shot out of the team that was that was pretty bad they had one shot at getting a top five pick. They went uh, with Jabari. That obviously didn't work out. He's out of the league. Uh, one thing that I'll always look back on, and it's interesting, Jason Kidd's first season with the franchise, they make the playoffs, they get bounced in the first round. A very memorable series against the Chicago Bulls for a number of reasons. My first trip to Milwaukee, so I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, take it away selfishly. I had a great time. It was good. Uh, I think Giannis had an extreme learning moment with the Dunleavy incident. But geez, I've always looked back and said that was their one opportunity. Knowing what you thought you had with Giannis as a guy that was going to work hard, had some potential to be great. But then you bring in a, a Jason Kidd as coach who, I don't, who knows? It's all sliding doors moments. What involvement did he have with Giannis developing? I think he has to get some credit. But they were too good in that first season. They were too good. And instead of getting another top five, top 10 pick, which you really should have had. I mean, the team wasn't that good. When you had Jared Dudley, Zaza Pachulia, these veterans that were really propping things up. OJ Mayo was obviously a, a you know, pretty handy scorer for that team among other veterans that they had. You're just like, geez, if they could have got one more top five pick and nail it, uh, that changes things moving forward a little bit. They end up going with the Shard Vaughn with pick 17, also out of the league. So two straight years, your first round pick's gone. The year after they went for um, my Manthon Maker at pick 10, he's out of the league. He had some moments, but ultimately wasn't able to get it done. Uh, I just did a podcast with Tom Maker for ESPN. You can check it out. It's on my Twitter. You'll be able to see it there. Uh, the podcast is called Ball in the Real World. So I, I asked Don about the trade request. I asked him about Jason Kidd. I asked him about uh, the pressure of being a number 10 pick. So you can go back and listen to Thon. He's always fantastic to chat for. Always someone that I will want to do well because I just think he's a great guy. So... As far as the Bucks go, though, pick 10, that didn't work out. Now, of course, they got Brogdon with pick 36 in that draft, but it's a second-round pick. You're not, you know, it was a good selection, no doubt, but they blew the top 10 pick that they had. 2017, 
and and by this point, Giannis is already elevating. Giannis is already at the stage where it's like, okay, this is a guy where you're not going to have have the opportunity to have a top ten pick again. It's gone. Those days are gone. They pick DJ Wilson, pick seventeen. He's also out of the league. The year after the last first round pick that they had, Dante Divincenzo, also at pick seventeen. They obviously traded him this year in a trade that ultimately didn't really bring you any value. You got a couple second round picks there. Serge Barker obviously didn't play. So. The point being that I actually think that the front office, and particularly with John Horst, and no, not everyone's not going to agree on everything. We've discussed PJ Tucker at length. We've discussed other trades that they've made, other moves that they've made. But I think ultimately, with what they've had to deal with, if you take at the draft aspect, I think they've done a, an incredible job of, of putting a team that does make sense around Giannis. No, it hasn't been perfect, but I think they've done a great job. But the drafting element of it, has just been a shame. And it, it is really difficult when you're picking pick 17 every year. It is tough. But you just needed to hit one of those. You got one, two, three, five straight first round picks that basically all of them are, all of them are out of the league. Dante was injured a lot and it didn't work out. You trade him before he gets uh, to restricted free agency. So those misses, first round pick, 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 those misses are the ones that make it more difficult and more challenging to continue to contend and to continue putting together a roster that makes sense without absolutely paying hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of luxury tax. That's where it starts to get difficult. The draft is the place to go. And the problem is for the Bucks right now, and this is why I don't know what they're going to do with this pick, pick 24, again, a really, really difficult guy to pick a player uh, that is going to contribute this year or next year on a contending team. And I know that everyone always wants rookies to play and they want this and they want that. But ultimately, when you are a contending team and you have got a super veteran team, it's difficult for these guys to come in and play, particularly if they do need development at all. History of pick 24, Anthony Simons was a recent one, Reggie Jackson back in 2012. Serge Ibaka was pick 24, actually, and Kyle Lowry as well. But I guess the point being... The, the time frame to hit on those first round picks was years ago, not right now when you are in the business of, of trying to win at the moment. So as I said, we're going to have someone on the draft, a draft expert, someone that knows far more than me about the prospects on the show and we'll discuss everything the Bucks could potentially do with that pick 24. Uh, you guys will continue to let me know uh, what players, what prospects you're interested in. Uh, but for now, uh, it was just worth going back and looking at those previous drafts of course, giving Giannis all the credit he deserves uh, as well. And it's always a bit of fun to do that. Uh, I did already mention the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast, but now I'll mention the Locked On NBA podcast, the national show on the network. They'll be talking lots about the NBA finals, uh, obviously, starting uh, later this week. So go check out that podcast there. But for now, I'll leave it right there. Of course, as always, give us your feedback in the YouTube comments on Twitter. At Kane Pippen, you can get me. Uh, I'm always in there. I'm in there in the, on the YouTube comments. I'm responding. I'm reacting. Uh, let me know what you want to do at the draft. Where does Giannis end up all time and everything in between? Do you care about the conference finals MVPs? Appreciate you guys listening. Take it easy. We'll be back tomorrow.